0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Alopecia's Audacity Podcast, proudly hosted by the Canadian Alopecia Areata Foundation. I'm Sarah Teske. I'm Crystal Malcolm.
1: And I'm Lauren Harrison. We're here to offer you a breath of fresh air from those without hair. Now listen, alopecia isn't easy, but we're going to challenge its audacity through our
2: candid conversations, letting hair loss know that it cannot stop us from living our best life. We're here to empower, educate, and inspire you so that you leave us feeling confident knowing that you can be bald, bold, and free, not only on your own, but when you're surrounded by
1: others. On behalf of Canadians who have been diagnosed with alopecia areata, CANAF promotes awareness, education, raises funds for research, and so much more for those affected by this autoimmune disease.
0: You can find CANAF on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at CANAF. That is C A N A A F. And learn more about our organization at CANAF.org. On our homepage, you can subscribe to receive our monthly emails, and we'll send you updates on our latest episodes as well as other alopecia news and event updates. Welcome back, everyone, and happy, happy new, new year. year! For our first episode of the year, we're getting wiggy with it with a very popular topic among the alopecia community. And that's right, you guessed it, we're talking about wigs. We're really excited because we're going to be answering some of your questions today, and we're also going to be sharing some of our most wiggy stories and some of our care tips as well. So, actually, why don't we start there? Why don't we first go through, you know, what some of our experiences have been with wigs? You know, Crystal Lauren, whether you still wear wigs today, and um, you know how they've helped us along the way. So, Crystal, why don't you kick us off? Okay.
2: Well, hello, everyone. Happy New Year. In terms of wigs, let's see. I'm trying to go back into the archives of my brain. Um, I probably started wearing wigs um, around my 20s or so. I did extensions, I did wigs, and it was just depending on the condition of my hair at the time and what style I did. I did wear wigs to keep up with trends, to add volume and length, or just because, you know, I had a love-hate relationship with my natural hair, if I could be honest. It wasn't thick, it wasn't thin. I didn't have like voluminous hair. So for me, extensions and wigs kind of just helped to, to bulk up the hair that I didn't have. And I'll be honest, I never really liked wigs just because I just felt like they were too wiggy. Like they just didn't look real no matter what I did. And I would like to say that I'm, I was pretty good at finessing units to make them look like my own. But I think just psychologically, I just deep down inside, I just wasn't feeling them. So I definitely had like a love-hate relationship with them. And currently, I actually don't wear wigs anymore. um a few months ago, I think I shared with you guys that I went to work for for the first time bald, and i've've uh, had alopecia for over twenty years now. so since then, I haven't put on a wig, and I don't really have any desire to just because I feel more like myself this way, I feel more beautiful, but again, that's just where I'm at in my journey. but um overall, I still have a bunch of wigs in my reserve, but I don't really wear, I don't wear them. I don't have a desire to put them on or anything like that. But um, yeah, so I've been doing the wig thing for over
1: 20 years and just a few months ago, I decided not to. So yeah. What about you, Lauren? Well, I love that. I mean, happy <laughs> happy <laughs> new year, new year, same wigs. I don't know about you, It's just the loyal girls <laughs> in the, in the collection. Yeah, I'm on a similar wavelength. I would say that can't be overstated. Whatever you decide to do, wig or not, it's your choice in your journey. And so my first 10 or so years of facing alopecia, I really wasn't comfortable in wigs. I found them really hot, really uncomfortable. And I I experienced anxiety around what questions I might face and when it could fly off. And then when I did start wearing wigs around age 16, 17, it took me so long to feel confident. And I think I'm at a point now where I wear them occasionally because they can be a lot of fun. And I can also recognize that I'm much more comfortable and A little more confident in my own skin without wearing a wig. So I sort of make the decision day to day, um, whether I'm wig free around the house, working from home or going to a yoga class. It's not something that I give a lot of thought. It just feels natural. Mm -hmm. And then the days that I do prepare a wig the night before, it feels kind of like a convenience and a perk that we can enjoy with alopecia that you can get something ready on your styrofoam head the night before and save a little bit of time and spend more time doing the things that you love. So I'm in kind of a a limbo where I'll decide to wear a wig sort of as a game time decision. And I'm happy with that. I never really thought I would be so laissez-faire about everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you, do you wear wigs? um, Because I'm assuming like me, like you kind of do a hybrid model when it comes to work. Do you wear wigs on your Zoom calls? Because I know I, I feel like some people might be a little hesitant to be bald um, on Zoom just because maybe their colleagues at work don't know. So I'm just curious because I stopped doing that. Like I stopped wearing wigs, even headscarves I don't do. So I'm just wondering.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I followed a similar trajectory to you. I used to, and that was just kind of my my uniform almost. I would sign on to Zoom and uh, be in the wig. And then if I was going in person to the office, I'd be in a wig. And then after some time and also transitioning jobs and being in a different team of coworkers, I felt like there was a really accepting group that I was a part of. And I was just really proud to be bald and kind of show them that part of me. And I was way comfier. I was way less focused on what was on my head and actually showing up more, I think, for the work that I was doing. So that was kind of a fun transition.
2: I love that. Yes, girl.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Over to you, Sarah. What's your wig wearing like?
0: Yeah, I wore a wig every day for about 12 years uh, since the time that I started developing Alopecia Universalis until about like 2019, 2020-ish. So that was like throughout part of elementary school, all of high school, and all of university. So that was a long time. But Mm -hmm. I do not wear wigs anymore. Um, After a while, I realized that in order to accept me and to fully love myself, I needed to show the world me without a wig. So when I was younger, like wearing a wig was something that helped me feel comfortable when I was too afraid to tell people about my alopecia. So I really only told my family and a few close friends and everyone else did not know. So they were Mm -hmm. actually uh, very much like a saving grace for me when I was younger. I was a shy, quiet kid. So the thought of like one day just showing up at school without a wig just absolutely terrified me. So I think they were an essential part of my journey. And I don't think I'd be the same person I am today without them. You know, at the time, like I was very much like focused on maintaining the life that I currently had and um, looking back on it, like I felt like, you know, that's okay. There was nothing wrong with that. And I think that is really one of the main purposes of a wig, right? Is to make you feel more like the way you were when you had hair and Mm -hmm. to be be able to assist you in doing things um, in a comfortable way. And then it really like, it only took time for me to realize that I needed to ditch the wig to fully accept and love me. And, you know, that's why I think we often call this a journey because journeys take time and you can't rush them and they unfold however they will, right? They make us who we are. So I believe that really wearing a wig all those years led me to blossom when it did. And that's neither good nor bad. That's just really how it happened. You know, my story could have went like a million other ways, but it didn't. You know, those are all ifs and shouldas and couldas, and those are easy to get trapped in. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to focus on this is where I am right now. So this is what I'm going to make the best of. Yeah, like you guys, like I I had a lot of fun with wigs. You know, I used to have four or five different ones with different styles and colors and I would change them up and for Halloween or cosplay, I would wear bright colors, things like that. And uh, so I did have a lot of fun with them, but they also had their challenges too. But I feel like those challenges helped me to grow in my own way as well. So yeah, fast forward to where I am now. It's been a few years and I don't wear a wig ever except for Halloween and cosplay. Those are my two exceptions. <laughs> Other than that, I'm comfortable just being bald and going out in public and being authentically me. So,
1: yeah.
2: Yes, Sarah. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> I love that. I want to ask you, Sarah, because I know that you're, you play a lot of sports. And one thing that we talked about previously was that you always stuck to things that you loved as not only part of your self-acceptance and part of your journey, but also just because you were going through a change. I think being active and remaining active in sports that you love is something that kept you going. Were you wearing wigs while you were playing um, sports and stuff like that? And like, did that kind of maybe hinder your progress a little bit or like, do you know what I mean? Like, was that just like, did that make you uncomfortable?
0: Yeah, so I did wear wigs when I was doing sports. I was also a competitive dancer growing up, um, and mm-hmm. I wore wigs all throughout that. Like, none of my friends from those sports really knew about my alopecia, like a select few did, maybe. And okay. um, yeah, like I, f- I found that was a challenge on its own, right? Like, I had the challenge of being a competitive dancer, you know, learning all these routines, going on stage in front of people competing trying to do my best. And then like having that extra thing on top of it was the wig, right? Um, No one else had, uh, no one else that I knew wore a wig. And I think that was a challenge that was something unique to me. And Mm -hmm. like the wig was important for me because like I didn't want my alopecia to stop me from doing things that I love. You know, alopecia already changed so much about me. I didn't want it to affect my life in any other way. So the wig allowed me to just continue being myself. And, um, Mm. you know, it was something that definitely challenged me. And I think like I said, though, I I definitely grew from it, and yeah, I don't I don't imagine what I would have done if I had to go up on stage, you know, without a wig and try and do those routines and dance. But I do think in some ways it would have been easier, you know, okay. like not having to worry about my wig falling off when I'm on stage, or did I tape it enough? You know, d- is does my hair look perfect enough? Things like that. Are people gonna know it's a wig? Yeah. There were so many like thoughts that go through your mind in those situations. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, like I just kind of made the best of it because that's what I knew and that's how I got through. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Uh, no race. Thank you for asking.
1: So well said, Sarah. And speaking of acceptance, we have a question from our listeners within this vein. So, If you have alopecia totalis or universalis and you no longer believe that your hair will regrow, is wearing a wig going to hinder your progress towards acceptance? What do we think?
2: Wow, that's a heavy question. (laughs) That's a tough one because I kind of feel like it just depends on the reason for you wearing the wig. Like, is it a security blanket for you? Uh, Do you not want people or yourself to see your truth? I think it just really depends on where you are in your journey. If you're wearing wigs because you're worried about the opinions of others, then yes, I think that's definitely a hindering factor. But at the end of the day, you have to be okay with the idea that your hair may not grow back because alopecia is so, its it's got a mind of its own. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we experience hair growth and other times we don't. And I think one of the things with alopecia is that it does hurt and In saying that, I think hurting is a part of your healing. And I think in that hurt, you're going to discover your resilience, fear. And more importantly, and I think you guys can resonate with this, is that the understanding that the power, your power is not in your hair. And that you're basically the gatekeeper to your own happiness and peace. And I think that's why it's so important that you focus on self-care and internal reflection is extremely important. So for me, and I think you guys might be able to relate, it's so important that you're mindful of what you expose yourself to. So whether that's what you watch, what you listen to, the company you keep or what you read, whatever it is, because... There are messages in everything that can influence your acceptance. So it's not necessarily about what's on your head or lack thereof, but I feel like it's what you allow into your mind. And for me, I believe that's what's going to hinder your progress as you walk through this alopecia journey. Do you know what I mean?
0: No. Yes, totally. Yeah. I totally agree. It depends more on what your mm-hmm. mindset is, less to do with whether you choose to wear a wig or not, right? I think it also really depends on your definition of acceptance. Mm -hmm. What does accepting your alopecia mean to you? Like, first, you got to figure that out. You know, like I said, in my journey, part of accepting my alopecia involved me uh, showing the world my bald, you know, not wearing a wig anymore, being okay, going out in public, showing my alopecia to the world, not keeping it a secret and not caring what other people thought or not judging myself for what I think. You know, maybe for you, accepting your alopecia means something like, you know, accepting that your hair will never grow back. If you're at that stage where you feel like, you know, you've tried all your treatments and they're not working and you really need to come to terms with the fact that maybe your hair will never grow back. Maybe that's what accepting alopecia means to you. In that case, I don't think wearing a wig will make any difference. Right. That's that's I think they're independent. But I mean, if, for example, it means accepting how other people perceive you as a bald person, then yes, maybe wearing a wig does become a roadblock at some point, because to achieve this, you need to let other people see you without a wig, right? However, if you're currently wearing a wig and you want to stop wearing one, i don't ever think a wig is a hindrance. This is something mm-hmm. that is personal to me. I know not everyone will agree, but I like to think of alopecia as a tool that you can use to help you live the life that you want to when you have alopecia. The reason I'm bringing this up is I think that like Crystal was saying, like I think your mindset is so important. The language that you use to talk to yourself is very important because it can affect how we think about ourselves. You know, by calling your wig a hindrance, you're essentially saying that you're hindering yourself from being where you want to be because, well, you're choosing to wear the wig, right? You're essentially blaming yourself for your choice, making it your fault that you aren't where you want to be. And that's a lot of weight to put on yourself. And that will only hold you back from the progress that you're trying to make towards acceptance. So in that case, it's not the wig. It's your mindset, you know, your self-esteem, your confidence, your belief in yourself. That's what will hinder you. So Instead, I like to think a wig is a tool. It's something that will help you in the moment while you find your way forward. I mean, sometimes you may even call it a challenge to overcome, but I would not use the word hindrance. If you choose to use one, it's because it provides you with great value, such as a sense of safety or comfort or enjoyment. So all in all, really the thing that holding you back from your progress is your mindset. So it's really important to focus on that aspect of it and to really grow within yourself in order to overcome your challenges and get to a place of acceptance. That is my two cents. That is what I think. So I, I wouldn't ever call it a hindrance, but that's just me personally.
1: I love what you have to say, both of you. I think it's true. Mindset really is everything. And I feel like you said it all Beauty and strength do shine through and with hair, without hair, with a wig, without a wig, maybe in general, we don't have to overcomplicate things. We can just be exactly who we are and not justify our choice or, you know, try to rationalize. Is this a stepping stone or is it, you know, maybe like we talked about a hindering factor? Because at the end of the day, maybe wearing a wig adds a little bit of zest to your alopecia. And as Sarah was saying, maybe it's a tool, but it's really just about progress. And because we know that practice makes progress and progress is not linear, I think it's going to be a day-to-day journey. So that's all to say, you know, keep, keep your mindset as positive as possible and uh, have fun with whether you choose to dress up your head or not.
0: Yep. I agree. Well <laughs> said, ladies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think having fun is so important. Like we can get caught up in, you know, like, oh, we have to wear a wig or, you know, all the all the challenges about wearing a wig. But like, I think what really helped me when I was younger was like just having fun with it, like being able to go out and wig shop and try on different wigs at the at the wig salon and be like, would I look good as a brunette or a blonde or a redhead or whatever. And just, you know what I mean? You just kind of have to have fun with it. I always think of um, from Schitt's Creek. Oh, my God. What's her name? Moira. Moira. Moira, yes. Uh, And her like wig trope. Like that was always been a dream of mine just to have like a wall full of, you know, wigs like that. It's just, just a fun
2: way to spice up your life. I agree. Exactly. And, you know, one thing I've realized too, is that, and I I really want to emphasize this, is that the opinions of other people really don't matter. And I know that's really hard to conceptualize, especially when you have no control of what's going on with your alopecia. But I think once you realize that what other people say or think is none of your business, I think that's when the game changes, because then you start to really develop a sense of self. You know, and like Sarah said, the wig and your mindset, like they're, they're independent of each other. Mm-hmm. And then you can pick, choose and refuse whether or not you want to wear a wig, which one you want to wear, what color you want to wear, like like people's opinions don't matter. And the reason why I'm saying this is because it kind of leads us into this next question, which is why do you think people who don't have alopecia see wearing a wig as like this quick fix? It's like, oh my gosh, your hair is falling out. So why don't you just put on a wig? But that's easier said than done because not everybody wants to. And again, that talks to the point about choice. Mm -hmm. you know, because everybody's walk is so different in this and not everybody's go-to is a wig. You may not take into the account that not everybody can afford one. Not everybody's comfortable. Maybe not everyone knows how to even put one on and finesse it and make it look like their own. So there's so many factors. So I feel like, you know, ladies, let's just dive into this. Like, why do you think society thinks that if we have alopecia that just put on a wig and it'll fix everything? Like, we'll just blend in. Nobody will
0: know, you know? It's, it's, like you you said, Crystal, I
2: think mm-hmm. it just comes
0: from people not understanding what the alopecia journey is like, like what it feels like to have alopecia. If you haven't been in our shoes, then it can be hard to understand. And people who don't wear a wig, like just don't know a lot about it. You know, they don't learn about it in school, like unless you're going to hair mm-hmm. school or anything like that, like you probably won't learn a lot about wigs, right? What it feels like to wear one, how much they cost, how there's little financial aid for people with alopecia how much goes into caring for them so without all this understanding it's just easy to think that you can oh let's just put a wig on my head and there we go we're all done you know that's it and then at the end of the day we go home we give it a quick brush and we put it on a headstand and that's it but there's so much more to that like even in the in between like the whole day you're wearing that wig it can become itchy and hot and there's so many things to think about about keeping it on and the things in your mind about oh is it going to blow off in the wind today and when you you know, have to take care of it, you wash it, you style it, a lot of stuff goes into it. And I think it also, like we were talking about earlier, depends on what accepting alopecia looks like to you. It may just be like a band-aid solution for you. Maybe it doesn't align with what you want long-term, but maybe not. Maybe it does. Maybe your version of acceptance includes wearing a wig and maybe it's exactly what you need to feel like yourself. Either way, like people who don't have alopecia don't know much about what that journey towards acceptance may look like. So it may lead them to think, oh, a wig, that's the right solution. I agree.
2: It it's it's tough because I like as you were talking, I just had like this flashback of being at work and being at my desk and my scalp being so hot and inflamed. And I was wearing a wig and I I actually went to the bathroom and bawled my eyes out because I took the wig off and I used one of those letter openers and I just started scratching my head with it. Mm -hmm. And I was like bawling my eyes out in the bathroom. And then I put my wig back on, got myself together and sat back at my desk like nothing Mm -hmm. was wrong. And, you know, I had a smile on my face. I I still carried on about my day to day at work. But I don't think people understand the emotional and psychological effects that it has on you. Because when someone says, oh, why don't you just put on a wig? It's an easy fix. There's so much more to that. And you just, you. I don't know. I For me, this is a really tough one because I feel like if you don't, if you haven't walked in my shoes, then again, your opinion doesn't matter. Because I've been through so much when it comes to this this. Thing called alopecia, and I remember even wearing a toupee because um, I would shave the sides of my head so I'd be able to do little designs and stuff like that, like cute little stars and things like that. But I was wearing a toupee, and I had a reaction to the glue. And imagine the front of the toupee is literally lifted off my head; it's actually not even attached anymore. And my entire front of my head kind of was giving that Frankenstein vibe, and it was so painful. It was bleeding. It was oh, pussing. No. It was burning. It was a mess. And I'm still at work and I'm still at work trying to present well, answering the phone, dealing, interacting with people, people coming in and out of the office. And it's like I'm dying and screaming on the inside. And people are coming to my desk and just wanting to talk about whatever. And it's like, this is what people don't get. So when someone says, well, why don't you just put on a wig? It's not that easy because even when you're wearing the wig, you have no idea what somebody's going through as they're wearing it. Mm
0: You kind of just have to put on a brave face sometimes and just go on with your day, even though your head's hurting and killing you and like you just want nothing more and go home and rip off the wig and just be free of it. Exactly. Listen, I'm telling you, at the end of the day, that wig would
2: be on the passenger seat of my car because I was like, as soon as I felt safe, like nobody saw me anymore. I ripped that wig off. Like it was the same way. Yeah. Right. And didn't you feel like so free when you did that? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm like, my head can breathe. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you just feel so, so free and alive. And I think the more I wore the wig, I just realized I just didn't want to wear it because I felt like for me, it was a quick fix. For me, it was to help me through this walk, you know, but then you come to a place where it's like, who am I really doing this for? Because I'm in so much pain and this is really not, this is not helping my progress anymore. So let's just, let's just ditch the wig and Exactly. Deal with the comments as they come.
0: And yeah. Girl, I think that's exactly the question. You got to ask yourself, who am I doing this for? Am I actually wearing a wig for myself? Exactly. or Or am I wearing a wig to make other people feel more comfortable? Right? because you're you're obviously not comfortable if you're going through all of this stress every day wearing a wig, so who are you actually doing it for? for? Sure. It's a hard question to ask yourself, but sometimes it's necessary
2: lauren what's your what's your top what's your two cents on this
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> additional comment I can say is that. Maybe the perception that wig wearing is effortless can be challenged, you know, the more awareness that we spread and and the more that we share our stories, because, you know, what you've shared is making it so clear that not everyone can just pop on a wig and find it low maintenance. And um, I would say that it's just as much a mental challenge as it is sort of a physical piece of getting the wig to stay on or finding the right style we've talked about this but just all the components that you're you're contemplating and it involves complex emotions so i guess that's the goal right is to help challenge this perception a little bit that wigs aren't always the simple solution that they might appear to be exactly
0: yeah lauren that was very well said like i think you summarized it so well and i think like like we talked about like a lot of people just don't understand a lot about wearing a wig or what it's like to have alopecia so we have another question from our community. I think it ties in really well because this person is asking, how do I tell my friend I have alopecia when she doesn't know I wear a wig? You know, like we talked about, a lot of people don't don't even understand what it's like to wear a wig or to have alopecia. So how do you, how do you talk about it in this way with someone you're close to? I think first, it's
1: important to recognize that if you are being vulnerable and revealing this part of yourself, it can feel scary. So I would say give yourself grace for just... Um, Doing something that feels a little bit out of your comfort zone, and and also maybe take some comfort in the fact that vulnerability allows you to really connect with somebody. Really creates that strong bond. That's exciting in a way, and and maybe you prepare some some kind of elevator pitch lines, or you practice, right? So you might say something like, "I want to share this with you because our friendship means a lot to me, and uh, you can discuss your alopecia journey as much or as little as you'd like." and and just share what you'd like to to share because it is your story, right? And you get to decide what details you want to provide. And then, you know, you can see where the conversation leads, how things unfold. You can let them know that maybe you're open to discussing further as time goes on. And um, I think as you're more comfortable with introducing the topic, you might be able to mix in some humor and and see how things kind of play out in that way. But at the end of the day, I think that your friend will appreciate your openness. And once again, just reiterating that you get to choose how much you share and and what you share. So it's um, maybe a little bit scary, but also empowering to kind of speak your truth.
0: Yes, totally. Like you said, like the control is still in your hands. It's a scary experience, but you have that control over what what you choose to say, right?
2: Mm -hmm. I
0: also love how you said just... Just even don't discount the fact that you're trying. You know what I mean? I think that's so important. We can be hard on ourselves when things don't go the way that we want them to, but just always have grace with yourself and just be like, hey, I'm proud of myself for even thinking about having this conversation or even having this conversation with a friend today. So um, I love how you touched on that too, because I think that's so important. Crystal, what do you think?
2: I was hoping you wouldn't come to me (laughs) with this one. (laughs) I feel I've had this conversation with someone before and they weren't sure how to tell their friend that they were wearing a wig. And I just said, just tell her. I'm a very direct person now. I think that's part of my progress and my growth. So my take on this may not resonate with all of our listeners because maybe you're not there, but I kind of feel like the same way you would order a coffee Mm -hmm. is the same way you would tell your friend. It is what it is, you know? And to be honest, chances are your friends actually may already know or suspect that you are wearing a wig, but they just won't admit it because, you know, maybe they don't want to offend you or they're waiting to give you an opportunity for you to share when you're ready. And, you know, when you are going to share, you are going to feel nervous. You're going to feel intimidated. You're not going to feel sure of their reaction. But I think once you say it, it eventually just becomes easier. You can practice in the mirror, talk to yourself about how you would say it. Like Lauren was saying, you can have an elevator pitch. But I think it's whatever you're feeling in that moment, just go with your gut and keep it real. Like I said, it is what it is. And I don't feel like what you're wearing on your head should change the dynamic of the relationship with the person if they're your true friend. And I feel like wigs are so common now and so many people are wearing them. It's like wearing a jacket. Do you know what I mean? So this idea of alopecia being this this taboo thing, it's not like that anymore. You know, like our favorite celebrities are wearing hair extensions and clip-ins and that sort of thing. So it's kind of become normal. Do you know what I mean? So I think you just have to say it. And whatever that reaction is, that's also going to gauge whether or not this is actually a friend or somebody you want to continue with. Because sometimes change, when you have change in your life, your circle becomes a little bit smaller. Because when you're going through certain things, not everybody's meant to walk walking your journey. And sometimes you revealing certain things about yourself. Maybe that might make the other person uncomfortable or that person may not want to walk with you on this. And that's okay because that means they weren't your friend. So my advice would be just to say it um, and own it. And it is what it is. And whatever the outcome, you will just deal with it. Because that's also part of your progress. That's also a part of your growth. That's also a part of your journey. And that's also a part of your healing.
0: Yes. Girl, you said it. You said yeah,
2: it.
1: As you <laughs> change, your relationships change too, right? Exactly.
0: Yes. And yeah, like you said, like that's not a bad thing. It just shows you who you should make time for in your life, who you should make mm-hmm. energy for in your life, right? And if someone walks out of your life because you have alopecia or you have come to them with your alopecia, then honestly, you probably don't want them in your life. <laughs> And it's making space for you to find someone new who will accept you for who Mm -hmm. you are, right? As hard as that sounds, like it it is the truth. I agree with Crystal. It's like with this type of thing, you just have to be very direct, right? Just tell them you have, wear a wig and it's because you have alopecia. I don't know any other way to just do it besides that. You have to do it even if you're afraid and that's how you'll grow and that's how it'll get easier. And like we said, like, if they understand, it's because they're your friend. You know what I mean? You know, that's something I had to learn to do when I was younger, just just by doing it. I was always nervous to, to tell someone to tell a friend. But I found that, like, I had to do it through that nervousness. And then it would kind of dissipate afterwards when I realized, oh, they're they're accepting of me anyway. And then, you know, the first person you tell, it's going to be so scary. The second person you tell, it's probably still going to be so scary. But when you get to the third, the fourth, the fifth, you might start to notice it getting a little bit easier. And okay, I can deal with this. I can do this. You know, it helps you build confidence as well. And I also find that it really helps when you prepare what you're going to say ahead of time. Like both Crystal and Lauren said, I think that's an excellent piece of advice. That helps you give you confidence. That helps you, you know, be more assured of yourself. I also like to think about ahead of time, what I'm going to do for myself to support myself if for any reason my friend reacted badly. So maybe it didn't go well at all. And, you know, what am I going to do to support myself to make myself feel better afterwards? Um, Some aftercare, right? You know, maybe that's buying your favorite dessert and having it, or maybe it's making like a bomb playlist that you can sing to on the way home, Uh, whatever it is. And you're probably thinking like, well, Sarah, that's just downright (laughs) negative but no, that's just being prepared. That's being prepared and taking care of yourself, right? It's so important to do that for yourself because you're the one who has your back. You're the one who has to be there for yourself. So I'm not hoping for something to go bad. I'm still going to go in thinking, oh yeah, this is going to go great. Let's do it. I got this. But then honestly, there's always a possibility. So instead, I'm just going to be prepared for it. So I know how to take care of myself afterwards. You know, if I... I might have my, my mom or my best friend on speed dial ready to go if I need a chat afterwards or whatever it is. I think it's so important just to be there for yourself. Absolutely.
2: And I think people will follow your lead. So also depending on how you are presenting this will also kind of dictate the reaction. Um, one thing I I would like to say I'm good at, I don't do it all the time, but like sometimes you just got to fake it till you make it. So even if you're petrified, the energy that you mm-hmm. put out, I feel like people will pick up on that. And it's like, okay, well, Crystal didn't make a big deal out of it. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of it because if it's not really bothering her, then it is what it is. Even though it is bothering me and I am devastated by what's going on with my hair. At the end of the day, I'm just trying to make this experience comfortable for myself, So, you know, so I feel like just how you present it will also dictate, I think, part of the experience. And like Sarah said, like, you know, thinking about the after is also important, whether it's a good, like whether their response is good or bad, what are you going to do afterwards? Because let's face it, not everybody's going to be receptive to hair loss. You might have people making a really bad bald joke or saying something inappropriate, like, and you have to be prepared for that. And that's not necessarily coming from your friend. It could be coming from a stranger, a colleague, a family member. Do you know what I mean? So I would just say, use this as an opportunity to take your power back and take charge.
1: Yeah, well said. And aftercare, I think that's an amazing concept. That's one for the books for sure.
0: Yeah, it's definitely helped me out a lot. Just knowing that I have my back.
1: Well, I mean, if
2: you don't, no one else will, right?
0: Exactly. Yep. Speaking of care... What about some wig
1: care tips and tricks or do's and don'ts? Because a lot of our listeners are wig wearers, and I feel like it's a great way to close off the, the conversation just to trade some tops. Ooh, tips and tricks. I like
2: that. Um, for me, I always found with my wig care, less is more. And because wigs in itself, they can be expensive. I've realized that you don't have to spend a lot of money to maintain your wigs. I feel like using just simple, gentle cleansing products, like a conditioner with a good slip and investing in a, in a good wig stand or allowing your wig to lay flat, I think those are simple little inexpensive ways that you can care for your wig. When it came to my synthetic units, for example, I would use heat sparingly because at the end of the day, there's still fibers. And I would just invest in like a decent brush I mean you can just go to your local dollar store and get a brush like they had some they have some really um decent wide tooth comb ones uh that won't allow your wig to snag and for me my wig care was I would make sure that I did my research on the companies that I was shopping for and I would really highly advise guys if it's too good to be true then it probably is so if you see something on Facebook or on Instagram or something that says you know 20 inch human hair wig for $40 it's a scam <laughs> so Um, For me, I just always stayed in my budget because I feel like in this world of beauty and hair extensions, it's very easy to have wig envy. So there's a lot of great sites um, that still have affordable units, so... I would also say to stay within your budget and be realistic. And I also have like a little wig starter kit. So I would have a stand, a shampoo and conditioner, a brush and a comb. I'm big on dry shampoo uh, just because I feel like as you wear the wig, sometimes... um the natural oils from our scalp can make the wigs a little bit oily. So instead of constantly washing and drying it, a dry shampoo is great because of its fragrance as well. You can get some that um are fragrance-free, but I found dry shampoos were a great little tool to have. And having like a nice uh, silk scarf... Um, is great. Uh, just not only for an accessory, but also maybe if you're worried about your wig blowing off or something like that, you can just use a little scarf to tie it down. A concealer, some nice curling rods were great. Uh, are great um, tools to have, especially if you have like a straight unit and you just want to add a little bit of body to it. And I think more importantly, a smile is something that I mm-hmm. that I have in my my wig my wig kit arsenal. <laughs> it's like a smile. Wear your smile, yes. sis just wear your smile.
0: (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. The wig is nothing without us. Exactly. We got to wear the wig. Do not
2: let the wig wear you. You wear the wig. So I think overall for me, my wig do's and don'ts is the wig is a part of you, but it doesn't make up all of you, you know, and you can definitely have wigs on a budget It doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to feel intimidated. There's tons of YouTube videos out there that show you how to even apply a wig, you know? So,
0: yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was taking notes on that, for sure. (laughs) What about you, Sarah? For me, okay, so I have a few do's and a few don'ts. I'll try and keep it nice and short. But So, my first do would be use a wig stand so, I know you already touched on this, but I am a firm believer in wig stands. Um, you know, don't keep your wig in a box or in a bag or anything like that. They deserve to be hanging up nice in your room. Um, you can get like collapsible ones that you can use to travel, or you can get like styrofoam head ones, which are great too if you're styling your wig a lot. You can get like little pins to pin the wig into the styrofoam head, and then like you can blow dry and brush and do things without it falling off the head. Um, I would also say, when you're washing it, wash it gently and wash it in the sink. Um, try not to wash your wig in the shower. Um, it's better if you just do it with your hands in the sink where you can see it. It's in front of you, and then try and keep like the hair all flowing kind of in the same direction so it's not getting too tangly. Um, and also use like salon quality products. You know, don't go to shoppers and buy Head and Shoulders. Your wig will not last as long. You want to use like better quality products because that will extend the lifespan of your wigs. So you could go to any salon and kind of what you see there is probably a good bet. You don't have to go like super high end, just something that's a little nicer and has great ingredients to keep your hair lasting long. And then a few don'ts would be don't buy really expensive online. Like Crystal said about, you know, if you find like a 20 inch piece for $40, yeah, that's a scam. But also if you're looking online for wigs, you know, $1,000 or more and you haven't seen it in person, and it looks really good in the picture though. And you're like, ooh, I really like it. Just be careful because it's when you get it in the mail or wherever you get it from, may not look the same as what it, it says online. If you're buying something really expensive, go into a wig salon, try it on first, make sure it feels good, make sure it looks the way you want it to. I would avoid buying really expensive online because you never know what you're going to get, especially if they don't have any type of return policy or it's not too clear on that. Just be careful. And also, don't overwash, overheat, overbrush. You know, just wash as much as you need to. Um, You don't need to be washing it like every day, depending on how much you wear it. It could be like every two weeks to a month, something like that. And, uh, you know, don't use a lot of heat on it either, because that will destroy the hair. You want to make it last. So only really blow dry or straighten as much as you really feel you need to. And um, same with brushing, just be very gentle with it, get a nice brush and you know try to minimize pulling out hairs when you're brushing because once they're out they're out it's kind of so one thing that you know wigs and alopecia have in common once the hair is out it's it's not coming back so and then my last one would be don't let pets or kids near it keep your wigs high up on a shelf where kids or pets can't reach it or touch it um if you have a shelf in your closet or something you can put in your closet close the door You definitely don't want your kids near your wigs, uh, especially if, you know, they don't know what it is to properly handle a wig. You know, speaking from me, I have a couple little nieces when they were younger. One of them got a hold of one of my wigs and I found it was, you know, a big tangled mess afterwards. And I spent like an hour or two rushing it out just to make sure it still was okay. So just be careful with that. I'm honestly just waiting for someone to come on this podcast and be like, yep, my dog ate my wig. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's happened to someone. It has to have. So,
1: Lauren, how about you? Those are really critical points. I don't really have much to add on top of that. Maybe just one tip I think seasons are important to consider. So for instance, if you're layering scarves and you're in your heavy coat for the colder weather, you might just want to be strategic about adding a wig into the equation or you know, where you're wrapping your scarf only because the fabrics and all the layers can often wear away. And whether it's a synthetic piece or a human hair piece, it it can kind of irritate the hair, right? So that is something to consider that a wig wearers have a kind of an extra piece just to keep in mind Um, a little bit different from having your own hair
0: especially like for our Canadian seasons it's like learning to uh, wear a wig in all different seasons <laughs> it's yeah it's different for summer between winter all of that that's a really good call out yeah
1: No, I think it's covered, but just to reinforce it, we're all in this together. So there are many resources out there to help optimize your wig wearing experience. And hopefully this is one of them that's helpful. On that note, we really do appreciate your support and we love all of our listeners tuning in and we hope that you enjoy the conversation and can take away some some key tips and tricks. And uh, to close with a quote, as we always do, Happiness and confidence are the prettiest things that you can wear in this is by Miss Taylor Swift.
0: Oh, I love that. That is a perfect quote for this conversation. I
1: agree. Um, and I also wanted to take a
2: special opportunity because can you believe it, guys? This is our last episode of season one. Like, that is crazy to me. So I really want to take um, a special opportunity to say thank you to Canaf for sponsoring our podcast and allowing our voices to be heard throughout the alopecia community, not only within Canada, but across the world. Um, I think it's incredible that the three of us have been able to come together and really just be vulnerable with our listeners and give people some insight and hopefully some motivation and inspiration. And I also wanna send a special shout out to our social media, as well as our editing team, uh, Kevin and Nat, you guys have been absolutely incredible. We love you and appreciate you so much. And on that note, Happy New Year, everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in.
0: <laughs> Woo! Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in this season. Yeah.
1: Thank you for listening to Alopecia's Audacity, proudly hosted by Canada. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may listen. Keep up with us and follow our Instagram and Facebook at Alopecia's Audacity. You can also subscribe to our YouTube at Alopecia's Audacity. We welcome your questions and comments, which can be sent to alopecia's audacity at canaf.org. And you can sign up for our mailing list at www.canaf.org. Stay tuned.